Waka, waka, waka. Hey, gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Can't wait for you to hear this episode. Whoa. David, the producer, returns to do probably the hardest film I've ever seen done in this podcast, Back to the Future. Yeah. Ponder that for a second. Before we get into it, reminder, hey, thanks for everyone who came to the live show. What a rousing success. We can't say how happy we were to see a lot of familiar friends and faces. We love everyone who came, and we love those of you who are going to listen and appreciate that episode in the next week or two or three or four or five or six. I don't know when it's going to come out. Next, of course, let's talk about those five-star ratings, two or three sentence reviews. Keep them coming, folks. You know we love them. We need them for the algorithm. That really does help. And of course, patreon.com slash GTSC. So five bucks a month gets access to our vlogs where we do that doesn't happen. Movie quotes, movies we've seen, movie news, all the usual shenanigans. Let's see if Dave, the producer, can do the absolute impossible and gut Back to the Future. Gather round, here's what I know It's just that this cow has got to go I know some people kinda like it, yeah, it's trending right now Yeah, it doesn't matter cause we're good in the sacred cow It's not a lie if you believe it. Kevin Israel named that film. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) David, the producer. David, the producer, one of our fan favorites, nay, enemies, according to the group. Do you know what line that film is from? I don't. I'm trying to think through it, and I I got nothing. It's not a lie. If you believe it, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You oh. said it, Damone, when he's telling the yeah. nerd kid about oh, buying. Oh yeah. shit! I should know that. I, I thought that was a pretty easy one. I'm not going to bullshit. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel are back. Here we are, gutting the sacred cow yet again. Another fun-filled edition, and our guest today. I mean, there's no, there's never. A loss of love for this man, especially his wife. But right now, since he's on the show, David, the producer, joins us. Hello, sir. How are you? I am doing awesome. And I will tell you that leading up to this specific episode, I have caught more shit Uh from your audience (laughs) that you have no idea. I'm I'm getting side DMs. I'm getting tweets. I'm getting... I can't even tell you how much shit I've taken for this. Well, listen. Well, there's a knock at the door, don't answer me. <laughs> yeah, it's Jim Garrison's ghost trying to lock you up with fucking uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Clay Shaw, that's it. God, I'm good at this stuff. Uh, that So David, the producer, and this again, I love David for many reasons, but his zero fucks, I know it's a cliche, but his zero fucks attitude is perfect because people quote to us, You know, my favorite episodes are Pretty in Pink. Your wife did that one. The Goonies. You did that one. Dirty Dancing. Goonies was like Goonies was like a Goonies was like a a turning the corner moment for our podcast. I feel like a hundred percent. People really caught on to what we were doing with David's gutting of the Goonies. One hundred percent. And that's where I think our podcast really turned that from first gear to second gear. 
And we're like, oh, this is some decent shit here. So David has done, again, remind me. So Pirates of the Caribbean, Goonies, Dirty Dancing. Am I missing one or is this number four for you? No. Well, this is number four. And I'll take you back down to first gear after this one. (laughs) So (laughs) David alluded to all his hate tweets and DMs. David has decided to do, and I swear this is becoming hack and it makes me sick saying it, but Kevin Israel, we said this from Jump Street. This is one film that would never ever face scrutiny david the producer has chosen 1985's all-time americana classic back to the future my brother my brother brian i know who's listening to has tagged me on text with a with a with a oh my god who are the hardcore twins in the late 90s kevin israel on wwf the black guy and the white guy ecw dudes he goes, if you need me to tag oh. in, I'm right here. The Dudley Brothers. The, heart, the, the, the Dudley, Dudley Brothers, Dudley yeah. Dudley Boy, the Dudley Yvonne and... I forgot, I forgot the other goofball. My brother goes, yeah. I... He goes, you call me... Billy Ray. Bubba Billy Ray. Ray. Bubba Ray. Bubba Ray. Bubba, Bubba Ray. Ray. Thank you. Yeah. All the wrestling fans are like, you should know this. My brother <laughs> texted me five times. He goes, you're shitting me. You're shitting me. You're fucking kidding me. He goes, I'm ready to tag in. I go, don't... And I, I, and I sent back a, a quote from Pulp Fiction... You don't got to worry, Jules. I'm on the motherfucker. Go back in there, <laughs> shell those blanks out, and wait for the wolf who should be coming directly. Back to the future, 1985. I, you and I had a conversation before I, well, after I picked the movie and, you know, we were texting back and forth. And you go, yeah. Are you really sure you want to do this movie? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, if I did not hate it, I would not do it. I know. I and people, and people, including Bill Schultz, our friend, goes, he's just trying to troll. He's just fucking with you. No, he's picked three legit films and says he's dug in all of them. So if he says it's the case, I believe my friend, 1985, a budget, $19 million, a box office haul of $388.8 million. Now, turn that (laughs) into 2022 money, $50.3 million budget, one. Point zero two seven billion dollar budget. Kevin, Kevin Israel, this is the fourth film, third film, excuse me, Jeez. in about a month or maybe a shade yeah. over a month that we've had. Delvin Cox being the last one. And even before this, the fan patrol folks who did Return of the Jedi, who decided to tangle with a film that did a billion dollars in today's money. But could you imagine turning $50 million into a billion dollars with just a movie yes that's insanity steven spielberg <laughs> did it steven spielberg did it twice twice i would have thought more actually i mean i have to go back and look at raiders i think raiders is probably has to be there too let's just assume yeah. three i'll look at raiders and in, in temple of doom is gotta be on the doorstep as as crusade mm-hmm. imdb as we all know one through ten with decimal points david the producer what do you think that imdb has for Back to the future. 8.7. Kevin Israel. Mm. I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go 9-1. 8.6. David, the producer, missing it by one really cunt hair. <laughs> Kevin Israel, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score. 1 through 100. You know the drill. Hit me. 82. David, the producer. I'll go 88. 
96. You guys are fucking retarded. Stop it. This is wow. a thing you should know better than that. Come wow. on. Wow. I thought, I thought this I, was going to be like critics, middling, and audience high. Oh, That's no. what I thought too. All right. Well, then, audience score, David the producer. What 4, do you think? 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I'll, I'll have to go. Jeez, that's a hard one now. Uh, 92. Kevin Israel. 95. 94. Oh. Split the baby. <laughs> the baby. I'm Googling right now. So I'm looking at Raiders of the Lost Ark scored $389 million. Now, 1980 money to 2022 money. I got Oh, sorry, 81. Let's Google that. Do what I say, 380 what? 89, did you say? 389 million. All right. 389. 389 is. That can't be right. That's 39 million. And then there's a zero in there. $1.219 billion. Yeah. The man's a master. Yeah. So except not- for makeup in this movie. Oh, you- Ooh, I'll get to that. I will see you in war crimes for the Hague. <laughs> Quotes, Kevin, I know. Listen, I know I'm going to take a lot of meat off the bone, as you love to say, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to leave you a lot left. Um, and this is, again, my brother Brian. This is his favorite movie of all time, so I'd be doing him an injustice. Number one, hey, you, get your damn hands off her. Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> The underrated, I got your car towed over here, and all I ha- and all you have is light beer. And I love this line. David, his brother, God damn it, I'm late. Gets up in his Burger King uniform. <laughs> Who do you think? The Libyans. Ronald Reagan, the actor? I'll have a tab. Can't give you a tab. You didn't order anything. How about a Pepsi free? You want a Pepsi, pal? You got to pay for it. What are you looking at, butthead? You have two TVs? You must be rich. And my all-time favorite goatee family classic. Hey, what the hell is this? Breakfast. <laughs> that, did I leave anything for you, Kevin, or is it all gone? Doc, you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how you didn't say this one. I guess it's just a gift. I left it. I left a lot for you. Great, okay. Scott. Yeah. Right. Had to, uh, leave, had to leave something for you, my friend. Rhodes? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Um, who's vice president? Jerry Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Jane Mansfield is secretary of state. <laughs> David, That's, go ahead. Go ahead. Quote away. This is one of my favorites because it sets up such a hacky bit in the whole movie. It's Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. Oh, yeah. Marvin oh, yeah. Barry. Oh, yeah. You know the new sound you were looking for? Well, listen to, to this. this. Hold on. Ugh. Every Ugh. time my wife and I hear Cringe. like a band or a song we like, we say that quote, and it's the cheesiest, most painful thing we do. Cringe. Cringe, that thing. But the other one, and you've got my Rhodes one. I do like the Rhodes one, actually. Uh, but my second one would be, uh, why don't you make like a tree and get out? Get out of here. There's not a listen. I know this film as well as I know Caddyshack. Just I'm sure Israel is in the same boat. We're, we're we'll get to it. Five fun facts. 
Five fun facts, 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 five fun facts. The famous clock tower climax of the movie was not part of the script. Instead, Marty and Doc was it would have visited a nuclear test site in Nevada, and the nuclear explosion would have sent the DeLorean back to the future. This was changed because the whole sequence would have proved to have been too expensive. I well, they would have made her back. <laughs> with, with, with their balls glowing. Yeah. <laughs> Sid Sheinberg, head of Universal Studios, did not like the title Back to the Future. He sent a memo to Zemeckis and Gale outlining his reasons and asking to change it to... Take a guess. The answers of the film, actually. Oh, I actually saw this on uh, How You Make Movies or whatever that documentary thing is. We had that guy on our podcast, by the way, Brian Vocal Weiss. Did you? Awesome did. guy. It's an interview. Awesome. Yeah, he's great. The mm. answer, go ahead, take a guess if you, if you want to venture one. The answer is mm. in the film. Mm. The I answer, Spaceman from Pluto. Ugh. The <laughs> title of George McFly's book. That's right. Luckily, Producer Steven Spielberg stepped in and he replied to Scheinberg's memo with one of his own that simply said, Sid, thanks for your humorous memo. We all got a big kick out of it. Thanks, Steven. <laughs> Passive aggressive. Love Fuck it. Fuck you. Number Love three, it. the script for Back to the Future was rejected how many times? 15. Dave, the producer. Oh, he froze again. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. No, okay. no, it's okay. I'm just okay, waiting gotcha. for- I'm just waiting for my um, bourbon to come back up. No, Juliet to come back up. Bourbon, yeah, exactly. <laughs> snap, snap. How many times do you think Back to the Future was rejected by the studios? I heard quite a few times. Uh, I'm going to say four. Forty-four. What? <laughs> Listen, every time I get knocked down trying to pitch my shows to a network, my wife goes. Breaking Bad was turned down 17 times ago, but my show's not Breaking Bad. All right, let's be. <laughs> Breaking Bad is a goddamn great show. Ever. 44 times. Columbia said it was, quote, too sweet. Universally, originally said time travel movies don't make any money. And Disney said, ready? It's too incestuous. But then they go and buy Return of the Jedi. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Number four. In the first drafts, the time machine was a time chamber. A room that Marty would go into and be zapped back into time. Then that changed into a big 1950s-style refrigerator that Marty would climb into, and the refrigerator would travel back in time. Zemeckis and Spielberg scrapped the idea when they became worried about children climbing into the refrigerators and became trapped. And then Steven Spielberg (laughs) used that idea for Indiana Jones Jones. Part 4, which fucking sucked. You know what I very specifically remember as a kid? There was a G.I. Joe episode the uh the the now the you know yeah, oh, yeah. and and there was it, the psa was about kids climbing into elevate into into uh refrigerators like discarded refrigerators and i even remember as a kid thinking is this a problem is this something that's happening a lot <laughs> the one that always stands out to me roadblock driving up in a jeep where there's a live wire down the highway yes yeah and i forgot he said either a you'll be deader than fried chicken or b deader than barbecue either way i paid attention because Roblox was my favorite G.I. Joe. <laughs> great. Number five. Biff Tannen, the real character's name, of course, Thomas Wilson. He's a comic, stand-up comic. And right. whenever people meet him, he hands out a card of FAQs. Yes, I'm Tom Wilson. Yes, 
I'm Biff from Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox is nice. No, I'm not in close contact with him. Christopher Lloyd is nice. Leah Thompson is nice. Crispin Glover is unusual, but not as unusual as he sometimes presents itself. Eric Stoltz originally played Marty, but was fired due to performance issues. We had a couple personal issues, but it's all fine now. He has a song about it. Yeah. I did not. My brother saw him do stand-up live because he, again. Yeah, he performs on his stand-up. He performs the song that's exactly everything you just said, but in song. It's a goddamn shame he's never made it to more notoriety. Yeah, it's weird, too, because it's not like he was, it's not like he felt like a one-trick pony with this, or he had a look that was like, oh, he could only be Biff. Like, he could have, I'm really surprised, because he was, and he was so good in this. We'll get into Nothing it. Nothing says comedy like a, an acoustic guitar on stage. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jess, ask. Oh, God. I don't know. Doesn't Carrot Top play guitar, too, besides props? No? I'll go fuck myself. Well. It's time for our favorite subject, which David alluded to earlier. Ask a gutter. 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 Rex Crumb says, I'm just going to label the attempted gutters of these two classics, last night being Jedi, tonight being Back to the Future, as commies who should be deported to Gitmo. Not a question. That's a statement, and I totally tell that guy to go fuck himself. All right. He's a journalist. Yeah. The, the Something Something podcast, our pals <laughs> who do all those fine pieces of artwork where I can't Photoshop, as you've seen by the earlier episodes, but they do a great job. He has a question for you. They've redone Fresh Prince as a very serious drama mm-hmm. Bel Air. Do a pitch meeting for Back to the Future rebooted as horror ends. Who are the leads? I'm reading this verbatim, guys. Mm-hmm. Do a pitch meeting for Back to the Future rebooted as horror end ends. Who are the leads? I saw this on Twitter and I gave this a lot of thought. And okay. I came up with Black to the Future. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Starring Tony Todd as Doc Brown. It's a horror movie, so you got to have Tony Todd. Sure. And he's old enough to be Doc Brown. And then you have Donald Glover as Marty McFly. And then Aisha Tyler as Lorraine. So next, Brandon Oglesby writes, for David, the producer, is Back to the Future a better time travel movie or a science fiction movie? If it's, if it's a, a no, no either, either way, what's a better one? It has a lot of gaps in the time travel. You know, when you look at that genre, and there's so many movies that are out there. T, uh, well, Terminator, T2, uh, there's a zillion of them out there. I don't have to tell you all of them. So this lazy. one has a lot of gaps, a lot of gaps. It's a better sci-fi movie than it is absolutely as a time travel movie. At Pedestrian, Back to the Future is a good one. And John Mulaney kind of took down its main glaring gripe. Why would a teen befriend a disgraced physicist? That's kind of pedophile-like. I think their relationship's a little weird. I don't know. It, it makes no sense. Why would a kid that is into rock and roll he's a guitar player he's kind of a free spirit he's got this girlfriend hang out with like a 70 year old professor that makes no freaking sense to me at all like zero yeah the the cartoon rick and morty was completely based off of it was supposed it was originally doc and marty and if you go on youtube the original youtube the original rick and morty and it's all about doc trying to get marty to suck his dick 
<laughs> and it's hysterical. <laughs> My point it is made. fucking hysterical. <laughs> Unpopular take. I didn't find Rick and Morty that funny. I don't. I'm not a Rick and Morty fan either. But the ori- what it was originally supposed to be, when you know that it's supposed to be Doc and Marty, and they weren't, you know, making any bones about it. No pun intended. Uh, it was. It's really funny. At Taco Shirt Krillin, my question is: What's the second craziest thing you've ever done in your life, next to trying to take Back to the Future down? It was a uh, second craziest thing. Uh, I didn't see that question. Okay. A uh, second craziest thing. Oh boy. S- starting a podcast with my wife. Oof. <laughs> That's probably the second craziest thing. Well, you and Reg Vaugh should hold hands together then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At JLED's, it's, unchan- it's Enchantment Under the Sea Dance. Marvin Berry breaks his arm in an unfortunate accident and hands you his guitar. The crowd is enthusiastically awaiting. What song, David, the producer, do you attempt to play and sing to blow their balls off? Well, one, I can't sing, so let's just start there. I'm going to go without <laughs> vocals, so we're going Eruption, Van Halen. Absolutely. If they don't, if their minds aren't blown by that, nothing will. You can't play eruption on bass, can you? I can play on a guitar about the first 30 seconds and then I start turning. Have a stroke. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I do. I have a stroke. Yeah. I mean, if you could play that, if you could play a minute and a half, you have my ultimate respect. At Eric4953, what was more offensive, the attempted rape scene or the use of the racial slur spook, especially for a PG rated movie? I'll get there. Uh, All right. Okay. If you get there, that's fine. I should I'll get it, there, but that's it's really again. This movie doesn't age well, and I'll I exactly. should have. And he writes back, "I should have phrased the question better. Which would you be least offended to taking a child to a PG movie? Rape or racism? Rape. Fair. At Matt three five seventy three five seven one. Wicked awesome. Are you surprised in our year of twenty twenty two that we aren't driving around in hovercrafts fueled by household garbage? No, I'm surprised that we were still wearing masks like a couple months ago. But that's a whole different thing. <laughs> Someone just did Gino Bisconti's show. At, yeah. I just did it today. At Lord Snurts, what else would you use a time machine to do the nasty in the pasty? What? Pasty. Okay. Pasty. Oh, you're right. Nasty in the pasty. If yes, would you use protection? So what, what, who else would use a time machine to do nasty in the pasty? If yes, who would you use? Uh, if yes, would you use protection? I would do nasty in the pasty as long as I had a big like shears or clippers to get all that hair off those women. Because Jesus Christ, in the fifties, they were like, it was not good. It was ungood. It was like it was. it was like trying to fuck Robin Williams' back hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and not as uh, not as funny, obviously. <laughs> yeah, back in the fifties, you could dick your, you could probably drop your dick in a in a in a cup of scope mouthwash and be good, right? That and, maybe. Well, it, the protection one was a, a kind of a twist that I saw in that question at the end because do you want to have protection? Yes, because in the future you would still have a kid if you went back, right? So you'd use protection. At Xyphos, uh, behind the rant has a large mountain to scale on this one. That's a statement. Uh, scrolling down. Oh, 
at Eric4953 jumps back in here. Was it so bad Wendy Jo Sperber disappearing in Back to the Future? Her best work was Bosom Buddies, parentheses. And I write, and we write back, how dare you forget Bachelor Party? She was such a nothing actress in this. I mean, she had such a small part and barely any lines. She was a non-factor in this, even though that they made it kind of a big factor going into, you know, the next series of the trilogy, right? It's like, yeah, she was nothing in number one. She was nothing in number two and number three. But yeah. as a memory or as a, uh, as a part of the love factor in number two, they still brought her back. I don't remember her at all in number two. Wasn't is she there, back in number two, or am I crazy? No, it was Marty's daughter and his son were in the future. And then the alternate oh, 1985 had nothing right, to do with right, them. You're right, you're right, right. And then 1885 brought nothing of the sort to them. That's she, right. Yeah, she wasn't in the Western version. But in the second one, I thought that she was at the door, but didn't they replace No, it was, it was Grandmom and Grandpop. It was George and Lorraine McFly oh, with the pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Wait, who were we saying wasn't into? The sister and the brother were not in two or three. Yeah. No, right. This was it. Can you imagine those two? Like, holy shit, this movie made a fuckload of money. Steven Spielberg, ring, ring, ring. Come on, on. ring, ring, ring. Oh, it's not there. Nope. Well, they looked like they were adopted. They didn't even look like part of the family. I don't even know how they made it in the first one. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find out. And now let's have a word from our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Kevin Israel, I love athletic greens. Athletic greens, excuse me. I know you do too. I love it for several reasons. You know why? Because it contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and still tastes good while supporting sleep quality and recovery. Why are you a fan of athletic greens? I love athletic greens because I was looking for a way to quit my coffee habit in the morning. I started every morning with a cup of coffee and I want to find something a little healthier to do it. And I started taking athletic greens first thing in the morning with a mixed with a cold glass of water. And I got to tell you, I get the focus, I get the energy. I, you know, I get the same feeling of let's kick this day in the dick that I got from a cup of coffee, but I don't get the jitters. Athletic Greens founder discovered this because it costs them $100 a day to come up with the same supplements that you can get in athletic greens for less than three dollars a day what a bargain it's cheaper than getting all those supplements yourself and you're getting all the mental clarity and alertness all that in one pouch now over seven thousand five-star reviews and you know how we are slaves and suckers to five-star reviews but most importantly when you go to athleticgreens.com slash gtsc you're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That is athleticgreens.com slash GTSC to take over ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Here we are. Kevin Israel, I am like Pavlov's dog after ringing that bell five fucking times. I am salivating to hear this argument. So, we are not going to keep our friend waiting any longer. It is time for David, the producer, to got got the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. 
All right. I have to start off by saying that I'm not taking <laughs> either two movies. Yeah, I loved it. This movie was awesome. <laughs> My God. Now, it, it, just watching it again, uh, and I was sitting there with Juliet, and we're watching it, and I'm taking notes, and I'm you know doing my little thing, and she's like, yeah, do you really hate this movie? And I go, yeah, no, this movie really sucks balls. <laughs> I, I do not like it. Not, Does your wife like it? I'm sorry. I have to spoil it. Oh, loves it. Okay. Oh, my God. She's like, you better come up with a goddamn good argument, because this is a beloved movie by literally everyone. Everybody. Anyone that is over the age of 30 loves this movie. So I'm like, okay. So I'm going to start with a preamble by saying I'm not taking into account the other two movies in the trilogy. Because if I did that, it would take four hours to go through this bullshit. Because the arguments of time travel and everything else, it would be way, way, way too long. But my arguments are based on basically two core elements. And that's time travel and how the movie has not aged well. Two very simple core factors. And I'm going to start with time travel. With the very first time travel, the entire theme of the movie, well, let's start, well, I'm going to back up a little bit. The entire theme of the movie is about time, right? The first scene is with Marty. He's late for school. Doc Brown, he's always flustered and pressed for time. The clock tower, etc. You can go on and on and on about all the elements of time in this movie. They have plenty of time. They have a time machine. Has no one figured that out? No one has to be in a hurry. They have a time machine. And as a matter of fact, Doc had 12 of those plutonium casings in that case, which meant that they have 12 trips that they could have taken to change any of the movie or change any of the timeline or change any of the things that happened. They had 12 opportunities to do it. Okay. But let's look at the very first time travel segment that they had. It's the dog, right? The dog gets in the car. They send the dog back a few minutes as a test, but they establish through the course of the movie that it takes either a plutonium canister or a fucking lightning bolt to get someone back. So who reloaded the DeLorean when the dog came back? Did the dog reload that? Really? The dog. Did you not see Benji? Come on. I can can explain that one. I'd love to hear it. It it didn't go back. It went forward in the future. He he had him jump forward in the future. So when there was no return trip. He had him jump a minute into the into the future or five minutes into the future, whatever it was. One minute. Mm-hmm. So then when, that's when he looked at it and he was like, we're a minute behind where he is, I think, or something like that. But it was he was he well, went to every the trip. They did establish that every single trip, no matter how long it is, takes a canister or takes mm-hmm. a, you know, something else. The dog couldn't load that thing. So but it was already loaded. Yeah, it was loaded for the single trip. But then even if it's a minute, he had to go back or or even if he was going forward into the future, didn't matter because they went forward into the future the other time and they needed the Mr. Fusion. Right. So I think we're pulling I think we're pulling that shit out of pepper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's let's take another look at this then from time travel. All right. Marty accidentally stops his parents from meeting and getting together. 
right? We all know that. This results in Marty slowing down or slowly disappearing from existence and his parents never got together and Lorraine never gave birth to Marty. But what if, what if Marty actually disappeared? What would happen? Nothing. They'd have kids eventually and he'd be there whenever. Nope. If he disappeared, that means he wouldn't have existed in the present, which means he never accidentally prevented his parents from meeting and he never traveled back in time. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing fourth dimension thinking, Kevin Israel. I've been drinking yeah. a little bit so, too much. You, yeah, so you, I, you have to remember, this is all about time travel and how bad and how sucky time travel movies are. Well, so you're right. But so here's the thing. And I, this is, I, I'm loath to get into this, but don't in the, save it in the, well, I, I mean, but we're, we have to have this discussion. I know. So in this, Please in the do. second, in the second movie, when yeah. doc makes the, he goes to the, no, board, no, this is about goes, the first movie. And he, <laughs> no. I, I understand, but they, no, they explain the science in the second movie. So these, you know, he shows that, well, so we we're here and then you go back and you change something and you create an alternate reality here. Mm-hmm. This reality would keep going. So the problem is, once they explain that, if you go back to the first movie and consider what they've done, right? they didn't actually correct anything. They just created a new reality. Right. So they're, the whole si- – yeah, I mean, I, was, I didn't want – the science behind time travel, you, we could spend an entire volume of podcasts talking so about strap whether in. the science was right or wrong. <laughs> Wait till we do the butterfly effect in the next episode. Right. I, do, I do like the butterfly. It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. It, that's not a bad movie. Actually, I think that one gets time travel probably more right than any other movie I've seen. At least as close as, you know, I mean, for something that doesn't exist, right? That is, you at least believe it. Mm. See, there, there was stuff I really liked about it and stuff that they clearly were just like, we're not going to get into this, so we're not even going to address it. <laughs> I, I, I'll give that to you. Okay, so I have another point about time travel. Marty realizes he can warn Doc Brown, right? And he says, I have all the time in the world. And he decides to go back 10 minutes earlier. Really? 10 minutes <laughs> He has a fucking time machine. He could have traveled at any point in 1985. He decides, eh, I'm going to push my luck. Let's go with 10 minutes. 10 minutes is good for me. Roll the dice, Marty. Say half an hour. <laughs> Especially when he exactly. knows his only form of transportation is a skateboard. It's a skateboard. <laughs> that was the other point. He's like, and Libby's going to shoot ass. him down. And Libby's going to shoot him down if he's wrong. Right. Exactly. Okay. So here's my other issue with it. Doc gets back from the future with the Mr. Fusion in the car, right? Which means he can go anywhere and any time and could have erased all the previous travels and the need for uh, plutonium altogether. Altogether. That was a non-factor at that point. When he created the Mr. Fusion, he could go back. But it wasn't a negative effect they created, so why go back and screw with that timeline? Everything worked out for the best. Marty came back. He, he still discovered time travel. He, right. he bumped his head in the sink. Everything worked out for the best. Why go back and but fuck with that he, and say, hold on, I want to be uh, uh, environmentally sound instead of not doing a nuclear fusion. I can do garbage instead and then skew everything else. No, I'll just keep it as is. I'll just let this slide. 
It's not the point of the whole, you know, being uh, eco-friendly. It's the point of he had 12 opportunities with what he had in his arsenal to be able to get back and forth to now having unlimited and being being able to go anywhere. He could have gone back and stopped the Libyans or just bought the plutonium from somebody else if he couldn't create the Mr. Fusion at that point. Why bother? <sighs> Here's a Pete. Here are some tweezers. Here's some pepper. Pick out the black from the white specks. Go ahead. <laughs> we are time travel movies are here's not a nit. Good. Pick it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Time travel movies just have so many plot holes. What did you think and of Avengers? Wait, what, did, what did you think of Avengers Endgame? Um, I'll call it slightly entertaining because I like the Marvel motherfucker. Movies in <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Christ. It, it, of course, it's another time travel movie. What about Edge of Tomorrow? Oh, I don't think X, I've seen X, that one. Well, you have missing. You're missing out. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow is a great, great movie. love it, love great it, great movie. I dare you. I tell you what, if you hate it, you're you're well, you have an open pass anyway. Exactly. Okay. If you hate it, you have an open. Obviously, you have an open pass. That's your next film. I dare yeah. you. It's <laughs> fucking great. Okay, I'll get off the time travel thing because you guys are obviously not not digging the time travel. <laughs> There's obviously plot holes, but let's move on. At the end of the movie, every member of the McFly family is depicted as being either cooler or, well, they look healthier, they're wealthier for sure. It makes no fucking sense that they still live in that shitbox of a house that they started off in in the movie when they were poor. Ah, That's a fair point. It was more spruced up. The bones are the same. Oh, yeah. But the yeah, interior is a lot more Wayfair furniture. Yeah. Give them some Wayfair <laughs> furniture. They went, from a key, they went from garage sale to a Kia real fast. Right. Well, and, and there's other weird elements in the movie. Like Biff is obviously a shitty person. It's no one's going to argue that. He legitimately tried to kill Marty in the town square, tried to rape Lorraine uh, at the school dance. So why would George and Lorraine keep him around as house help in the future? Oh, let's keep the rapey guy around that tried to rape you in high school. He's waxing the car. It's all good. Listen, he was part of work release in prison. He did his time, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? They got a sponsor. Me. Like, you know, he's going to give us a 50% discount. If not, let's call his parole officer and say he tried to finger popper again. Problem solved. Why take the chance? Fair. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I just like going down an avenue that most people don't like going down, David. Stop trying to shit on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the part that really confused the shit out of me. And I don't know if you guys noticed it or not, but no movie needs back-to-back hero moments at the end, right? So hero moment number one, George gets Biff out of the car at the dance, clocks him on, and she falls in love with, uh, obviously, George. Hero moment two, some douchebag jumps in, forces her to dance, which, by the way, I don't know how you force someone to dance, but okay, I'll roll with that one. George pulls him off her, and all of a sudden, the pics of the kids start to reappear. He had two hero moments back to back that took way too long. Why have two hero moments? Okay. Defendable. Uh, fair points. That's why we're not shitting on them. Continue, please. Oh, and, and also, when George gets Biff out of the car when he goes to clock him, 
why does Lorraine stay in the car? Run, bitch, run. <laughs> I had a problem with that, too. I will say, go get a cop. Go get fucking Principal Strickland, because apparently, according to him, it's a slacker. <laughs> exactly. Okay, then let's not. Well, let's talk about the movie not aging well. And these are so simple because these are the easy ones that a lot of people talk about. Okay, George McFly is a peeping Tom. Marty and his mom have moments of incest. Various racial slurs throughout, you know, I can't, like three or four scenes. And Biff, God love him, hits the trifecta. Dummy, bully, and rapist. Nice. Great job. Sounds like the, sounds like the Grand Marshal down there in the New Orleans parade at uh, Fat Tuesday. Hey, let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, and I'm just going to end my argument with my favorite section of your show, which is that doesn't happen. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to bask in our glory. Kevin Israel, we fucking made it. What else when people quote our own shit back to us? That's why I have a soft spot in my heart for you, son of a bitch. Continue, I love please. I love that that doesn't happen. You know, Me too. Moments. On the show, <laughs> Doc Brown gets hit by the lightning and all of a sudden starts running down the street celebrating Marty's departure. Yeah, that doesn't happen. You don't get hit by lightning and start celebrating. That's just my notes. Yeah, I, yeah, fair. So my notes continue. He looks up Doc Brown in the phone book and says, you're alive. He knew how old he was. Why would he say he's alive when he knows he's alive? <laughs> Dumb. So there's my arguments. I stand by them. Court adjourned. Give me a number one to 10, David, the producer. I give it for the nostalgic view. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't judge a nostalgia in this house. You know that. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying I give it a three. Holy fuck. I give it a three. Right. I I hate it more than I hated all the other movies that I actually have done here on this show. What? And I mean, dirty. My brother's going to get on a fucking plane right now, go to New Orleans. He's going to shoot you dead. It's a a hack movie. I mean, I mean, he talks about, you know, Pepsi free and all that stuff. And that that was invented in 82, which is only like three. Three years before the movie was made and he went back, he knows better than to order that shit. I can I love mention that point. a thousand. Yeah, you love that point. I can mention a thousand moments in the movie where it's totally contrived. Totally contrived. Yeah, remember we had that we had the guest on, and I can't remember who it is, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> what movie? Uh, who I don't remember the I don't remember the movie either, but they talked about the zombie moment where every where you're you're in a zombie movie and it takes halfway through for everyone to accept that it's they're zombies. I so remember somebody's shit. Fun- I forgot. I know you're talking about too. Fuck. It's, it, and it was such a it's such a great point. And and I I was gonna mention this in my notes, but you you brought it up already. It's I it drives me crazy because he already knew he was in the past. Yeah. He'd accepted that, mm-hmm. and he's still like you're the mayor. Why would you say that? You know right. he's like you know he's why mayor. You, mayor Goldie <laughs> Wilson like the sound of that like the sound of that that was also my, almost my quotes. Well, I will leave with one last piece, and I and I should have mentioned this before. Well, I actually mentioned it earlier, but I have to mention it again. The make this is Steven Spielberg movie. This guy has done the best special effects 
from any director in most movies. Producer, that ever come not di- producer, not director. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. He did produce it. But I'm not giving a pass on this because his name's all over this movie. The makeup job when they make them old with Lorraine and George McFly is awful. Awful. They're supposed to be alcoholics. What do you want? They're supposed to look like Mask with Cher and Eric Stoltz. Ha! Pun intended, Eric Stoltz in this film. Ha! They're supposed to look shitty. That's the point. Then how come the uh, principal doesn't age one single day? That's in my notes, you motherfucker. And it is Doc Brown. No, he doesn't. No, no. He goes to the future and he goes, I got some work done. (laughs) But that's, you know, that's the running gag that he's the same age regardless of when. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com and of course guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com where you can advertise with us or just stop by to say hi, hello. Notes. (laughs) Why the hell did Doc Brown need 85 clocks in his lab? He's more more OCD than Donna Goatee, my mother. Why is Marty going to Doc's lab before school? I waited to the absolute last second to be in bed before I had to roll out and go to school. And how the hell did the Doc know that Marty was going to be in his lab to call him up to meet him at the Twin Pines Mall at 1.20 that morning? Good call on that one. I'm not done. notice that. Marty leaves his house and he has to have a semblance of time. He could not have been there more than five minutes, but he was that late to school despite Doc's clocks being 25 minutes behind? (laughs) What was the point of Martin McFly to blow up that amp and why the fuck is he standing so goddamn close to an eight foot tall amp (laughs) and blasting it at 11? What did he think was going to happen. Time to wear my jeans, nipple high, and start yelling at kids who stand on my sidewalk. Bonus fun fact, this was shot on the same lot as Gremlins was. Makes if sense. You, if you look at the lot, that's where they had the Gremlins and the, where they're selling the Christmas trees. Go look at that. Mar McFly and George McFly have such low levels of confidence, they'd be great as alternative stand-up comics. <laughs> Alt comics. I knew, I knew, I knew I'd get you on that one. By the way, this is Kevin Israel. I'm going to steal from you. Gas, a dollar ten back in 1985. Can someone please put a lightning rod in Ronald Reagan's ashes and see if we can reanimate him right now? Amen. Let's talk about Hill Valley. Hill Valley is a small town in California that also has a porno theater that's showing orgy American style, which is the perfect title for a porn that's just enough of vanilla, just enough vanilla and won't upset middle America. Who has a small porn theater in a small town like that? It doesn't happen. Yeah. You have to love how they set everything up, how they met and how Lorraine would do with boys and how she's against everything as a mom, but not that way as a girl. I got to chuckle at that. Biff Tannen is a grown up version of Stifler, but without getting pussy. Or funny. (laughs) He was funny. But God damn it. Biff Tannen, top 10 villain of all time. Catch me outside, David, the producer. Catch me the (laughs) fuck outside. And I said before, how did Thomas Wilson not get more acting role, acting work from this role? This is a an egregious misuse of a talent. It was fantastic seeing photo mats in the middle of that mall parking lot 
What a joy it must have been working at those while making double prints of people taking homemade nudes and making their own scrapbook on company time. Guarantee you wouldn't see assholes taking pictures of food back in 1985. That was a glorious waste of film. Hey, assholes, it's just a chicken parm, okay? Ask Robin Williams. The remote control for the DeLorean was the same size as a goddamn iPad. Speaking of... Does anyone give a shit about remote control cars anymore? I got one from Radio Shack back in the day, and it was slower than six-year-old Kevin chasing it. Because you got a cheap one. Go my to the hobby shops. That's, that's a, the hobby shops is where the good ones were. And my brother got one, and that thing fucking grasshopper. shot out. <laughs> I had the one that putted along. Thanks, Donna and Greg. This film, without question, is a top 10 film score of all time. Because you can sing the theme song in five notes or less, and everyone knows what the fuck you're talking about. The music, don't you thumbs down me, you piece of shit. (laughs) This music perfectly sets the tone throughout every scene in the movie without fail. Find me a film that frames time travel as well as paradoxes better than this. Go ahead. I'm waiting. I don't give it. None of them. Wrong. You know, by the way, when I run to check out a sound outside that might be a potential burglar, I always bring a comic book to help me identify a potential burglar. How about you guys? <laughs> I just happen to have a rolled up version. Pa, it's from outer space. <laughs> it's amazing to think they had a pit crew come out and tend to your car when you got gas in the 1950s, because I feel lucky when an attendant comes out and takes a dirty water squeegee to my windshields in 2022. So George leaves the diner and beelines to scope out a woman changing. I guarantee he was the first to be in line for the Oculus to use it for porn. (laughs) You're not wrong there. By the way, Marty gets hit by a car, right? And then Lorraine's family tends to him, lets him sleep for nine hours. That's the last thing you do when you have a concussion. Just ask Bob Saget. Oh, wait, you can't. Oh, too soon. Too true. <laughs> no, that's it's a, not. No, that's a gem. You fuckers didn't give the desserts. To dessert. No, it's good. It's good. How is Principal Strickland still a principal 30 years later? Shouldn't he be counting down the days until he can sink his teeth into an undeserving pension like all teachers do? That's <laughs> fair. Ingenious idea to have Biff crash, crash into a manure truck in two out of the three films. I love that. I'm sorry. I'm a sucker of rep- repetition with this shit. I bet the porno version of Back to the Future has Marty banging Lorraine saying, hey, first time I'm going into this vagina instead of coming out of it. Ooh, there's a visual. You're welcome. Yes. It's a podcast for that. <laughs> is, don't you plug anybody else in our podcast, you son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> we were on it. <laughs> I don't want to state the obvious, but you did. Yes, the incestual tone is a very weird direction. Maybe the writer's mom is hot and this is his outlet, but hey, I've wanted to slide it into a lot of your moms. So there you have it. Do you guys re- thank you? Do you guys remember the Back to the Future game for Nintendo? I do. And you know uh, what? It was fucking terrible because you got on a skateboard and threw bowling balls at bad guys that made rambo first blood part two for commodore 64 look like call of duty modern warfare so it's like the movie perfect <laughs> can i get israel can we get a late flight out to new orleans <laughs> i like the cute bats <laughs> 
we, we don't have to check baggage. I have an extendable police baton. The cute nods, the things that actually happened. What's a rerun? Your cousin, Marvin Barry, Ronald Reagan, the actor. I smirk. I smirk. By the way, Wayne from Wonder Years is his older brother. Wayne. Mm, yep. Yes. Thank you. Also, if you want to go even deeper, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's the guy's bike he takes it from while Pee-wee's dressed as the nun. No. I'll take it right no. now. I'll do Pee-wee's Big Adventure any day of the week, 10 times. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to win. Hill Valley does not look like, the, look, look, look like the kind of town that has a porno theater, a police helicopter, or a homeless person at all, ever. Hmm? I have a problem. My biggest problem with this film is when Marty goes back to the future and the doc goes, so, doc, the letter. Well, I figured, what the hell? So when did the devil may care attitude come in? Please explain that to me because you just can't say, fuck it, after you spend an hour and 45 saying, I can't be having any contact in the future. It's going to screw up future events. To keep That was a perfectly logical argument to keep the space-time time continuum intact. All right. If Marty, Marty's brother has an office job in a suit, why the hell is he still living at home? <laughs> I thought that too. It's get, great. Yep. Get, get out there, get a one bedroom apartment so you don't have to bring the interns back to your parents' house, you cheap piece of shit. This film has been, as I said, on our bulletproof list for two years and change. And I thought it would never face scrutiny. Here comes David, the producer, huffing and puffing. Dude, he will not be broken down. Trying to play the role of naysayer and troll us. There's a reason this film is taught in college classes as a perfect film. And hint, it ain't nostalgia. It's because this film has zero fat. This film score, top 10 of all time. Like I said before, hum five notes. You know what the fuck we're talking about. You love everyone in this film. And you all despise Biff Tannen. And the tease for the sequel at the end, love it. Completely organic. I have no idea. How many times I have seen this film and I have no idea how many more I will see it. This film is perfect. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Perfect. Kidding me. I want to give you a nine and a half, but I want to spite you because you do make some good points. (laughs) I want to say nine and a half, but I will not allow that happen. This this film is fucking. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one more point. Okay. And let's see if we can get you down half a point. All right. Okay. So obviously that she has, Kids like uh, the daughter and the son. The son is Dave, right? Sure. He's the oldest son, right? Appears to be that way. Yeah. Why wouldn't she call him Marty? I don't. Mm -hmm. It's a good point. It's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's who she, you know, she had to name one of her, you know, a son, Marty, because she remembered it back in the day. It was a big deal to her. You know, had to do it. You know, it been kind of cool. And this is, again, 37 years after the fact. My God, I saw this when I was fucking eight. If you saw when they go in their new house. (laughs) Nostalgia. (laughs) Nostalgia. It still holds up. Thank you. you. (laughs) If they would have shown a scene where the carpet was burnt. Yeah. As he said in the very in the past, if, <laughs> yeah. you, if the kid sets a car, fire in the carpet, sets, yes, that would have been cool. Okay, here's another thing that I can gain a half a point on. All right. Okay, here's the issue that I have with these. Oh God, this uh, you're gonna get bad with the whole time travel thing. Okay, so Marty 
Oh, fuck it. I'm not going to make the argument because you're going to tell me to go fuck off. I can already hear it in my head. I'm, I'm going to pass on the argument only because I know it's only maybe worth 0.25%. Tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll acquiesce. Yeah. 9.75. 9.75. Wow. You're a giver. <laughs> I don't drop my score often, Kevin Israel, do I? But there. But here you go. Now it's time for my equal half. So I'm sure empty all barrels into your anus. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. All right. <laughs> is this movie based around an awkward relationship between a high school boy and an old man? Yes. Does this movie feature prominently incest? Yes. Did this movie kind of just gloss over a very violent date rape scene? Yeah. Did this movie suggest that a white man wrote Johnny B. Good? Yes. Yeah. Is the science that this whole movie is founded on questionable at best and mind bending at worst when you sit and try to think about the paradoxes it creates and the choices our main characters make? Absolutely. I give up. I know where you're going with this. (laughs) Here's the thing. And And I've said this countless times on this podcast, and I'll say it again. For me, a movie is based off of characters. If the characters are strong, they can carry the flaws of a movie. And those are all the flaws in this movie. A lot of it is based in when it was written in the 80s. And also it was based. Was that the dog from the DeLorean, by the way? Yeah, that was that was Einstein. Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, when he was when he's on TV the other night, I looked at my dog and I was like, ah, we shouldn't name Mm. Einstein. Anyway, um, the characters in this movie are outstanding. Each Mm. character serves their purpose and does so without feeling like a two-dimensional character. Even Doc Brown, who really should be two-dimensional, becomes this, this living, breathing character that you love. Marty McFly did such a great job, and I'm so glad when you hear why they chose not to go with Stoltz, and they said, no, we need to find somebody else who can handle the comedy. Michael J. Fox does a great job of being the wide-eyed, confused yet still kind of cool kid trapped in this preposterous situation. And he, he, it's so great that he's able to sort of be the straight man to a lot of the nonsense that's happening while still feeding the audience his, his sense of awe in everything that's going on as he's trying to grapple with getting back to the future. Biff Tannen, I 100% agree with Kevin Goatee. A top five villain of of all time sure hateable detestable wow. with with nothing there's literally nothing redeeming about that guy the only thing that becomes redeeming about him is you find out in the later movies that he actually kind of gets a clue as to the idiot he was but it turns out he actually just becomes a bigger asshole as he get as he gets older such a great hateable villain that motivates everything in this movie it's it's fucking fantastic Here's, for me, the real value of this movie. This movie took an over-engineered, underperforming, stainless steel car and turned it into a goddamn icon. <laughs> the DeLorean would have been... A, into, yeah. The DeLorean would have been an unrecognized footnote in car lore were it mm-hmm. not for this movie. It turned what was a bankrupt venture into a cult classic that people are still grasping to to get these these cars. They've never even tried to recreate the car. 
because it's such an iconic vehicle. And it is a terribly driving, terribly performing, heavy, uncomfortable. It can't poorly, even make it to 88. Poorly, yeah, poorly engineered car, but it is a fucking iconic car. And it's all because of this movie. This movie set up so much. So many movies have tried to recapture what this movie created. And here's a great point. When your movie is referenced in other movies about the same topic, so many time travel movies say, you know, so you're, you're basing your whole theory on Back to the Future. I'm pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure that was from Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. this, this movie, this movie became like almost like a meme within a meme because it was, it, it was done so incredibly well time tra- i love the concept of time travel i've read countless novels about time travel i've seen probably almost every movie about time travel i think it's a fascinating concept that sometimes is handled well and sometimes it's not i just saw the adam project with ryan reynolds which was about time travel yeah and it's not is- that great i thought it was fucking terrible well yeah it was bad and looper is too yeah, right. Looper's but, but, not bad know, at all. I like Looper. I, I yeah, and, and I, I like what Looper the tried first to half do. Of Looper was awesome. Then it got all convoluted. But it, we're not talking about Looper. But, yeah, but you, yeah, right. And it's it's a it's a complicated, right. really really difficult concept to deal with. And I like that Back to the Future just says these are the these are the rules we're going to set up for ourselves, and that's all we're going to deal with. You know, like you can't. You you will literally just bend over backwards trying to get yourself out of the out of the time travel hole if you overexplain it. I read I just recently read a novel that really really got into time travel and the book was good, but they got so deep into the time travel physics that it lost the the enjoyment of reading just a story about time travel because they needed to the author desperately wanted to make it make sense and without the paradoxes. And when you when you do that, you just lose the story. And that's why this. They were like, you know what? This is what it is. Fuck everything else. And you, we can, you, you're right. You're absolutely right. You can go back a uh, hundred times and say, well, he could have done this, or could have done that. But the point is, sets up great characters on a pretty simple plot. I mean, the plot is pretty basic, you know. And it and Kev's right. It has no fat on it. it, it the movie runs incredibly fast. It, it there 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 really are two, you know, three very clear cut. Um three thirds of the movie that you can, that you can pick out. And it's, it's, it's all done with, without any, any nonsense. And it's, it's just, it is just such a great movie. And it's a movie that so many other movies have tried to follow and have failed miserably, even the sequels, you know, and, and, mm. and I, and I like the sequels, but they still never capture the magic and the, the perfection and the tightness of that first movie. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, you, you guys both covered all the, all the, the main points, but for me, this, for me, this is all about just the memorable, incredible characters, even like the little side characters that keep popping back up. Like you said, like the principal, the mayor, everyone keeps popping back up. And it's just like, it's just like this little fun, like, ah, oh, yeah, it runs. I just it just runs so well. The, the skateboarding scene with the with that with the manure, iconic. Just absolutely iconic. It's just it's it's so great that the the few little warts you can find in this movie are absolutely overshadowed by by just the 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 amazing plot and the incredible characters for me. And and my last point is that when I first met my wife and we both discovered that we loved movies, which is like kind of how we we realized we were we, we were going to be good for each other because we we will watch anything together uh i asked her what her favorite movie was and she said back to the future and i was like wow yeah 
Yeah, I think I think this this one this one might Keeper. be the one. Yeah. So uh, so I disagree with Kevin. I don't think it is a nine point seven five because it's a fucking ten. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say ten. I I had ten written down, and I was gonna say it because I said, you know what? He made a few good points. I'll give him credit. But you're right. I had ten well, written down. I, I will say that while I don't enjoy this movie, and with I, I wish I could, uh, I just don't enjoy it. That I will acquiesce and I understand your opinions. You guys made some great valid points and you guys enjoy this movie. I get it. And believe me, everybody that I've run into that I tell or that I've had conversations with this movie over the various years, tell me to go fuck myself because everyone loves it. Add two more to the list of those people. Yes. (laughs) I found that film, out the hard way. This film is fucking brilliant and perfect. And <laughs> it'll just the test of time. I mean, they have a fucking ride at Universal for this for the longest time, and it was great. They had a ride at Universal in Orlando. Yep. Oh, you, get the, you get the DeLorean and you go up, and it's like a VR kind of ride, and you zip around. It goes now, 10 miles an hour. No, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and now The Simpsons took over right a few years ago. That's also a fun ride, too. Uh, now. Let's decide and see how much of this horse shit from the critics five star reviews we can swallow. Critics, five star reviews, critics, five star reviews, critics, five star reviews, critics, five star reviews. It is perfectly 80s with its soundtrack, its fashion, and its gratuitous use of S bombs in a PG rated film. I imagine <laughs> it'll be S bombs. Who says S bombs? It'll be hard for anyone who enjoys fun and mirth not to have a good time watching this movie. I'm letting that sink in for effect, David. Mirth. By f- <laughs> S-bombs. By f- oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> By far one of the most competent time travel movies ever made, addressing even the most common loopholes and pitfalls. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most perfect films that truly deserves to sit on the pedestal it rests on. Yep. The toilet. (laughs) You, sir, are going down on the Titanic after crashing headfirst on an iceberg. Dude, Dude, I will play the violin all the way into the water. I can give a shit. Guess who is hypothermia? You. (laughs) Every bit as classy, clever, and cockle warming as it was 30 years ago. You said cockle. I did. (laughs) Back to the Future is one of the best popcorn movies ever made. It's ingenuity, ingenuity, time travel, twists, ups, and wonderfully vibrant characters resonate in ways that few films ever achieve. Nope. Indiana Jones. Sorry. I mean, that's great, too. But these are (laughs) in the same fucking boat as far as I'm concerned. Kevin, I'm sure. I 100%. Thank you. Critics, one star reviews. Critics one star. Critics one star reviews. It's big, cartoonish, and empty with an interesting premise that is underdeveloped and overproduced. I don't think it's overproduced. No, that's a little. That's a little macro level to understand how bad the movie is. If you think that was macro, too clever, too smug, too cute. 
how and where is my are my questions where i, I, where I, I want to hear like, harder yeah i that that's not a you know a good one cut so, and paste i don't know so yeah. so so busy being clever that it trips over its own ingenuity this is pure fucking nonsense and makes absolutely no sense that's my, that's my explaining last why time. yeah i i, I want to hear why they think that and those are the only three one-star reviews on rotten tomatoes <laughs> really are one, they yep amazon well, looks like i got some things to do tonight <laughs> <laughs> Start by apologizing to your lovely wife. Like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. I see some people complaining about things like Biff assaulting Lorraine or the cursing or a few racist comments. People are so brainwashed into political correctness these days, they don't even understand the difference between a movie and real life. Biff was assaulting Lorraine, and that was terrible that (laughs) that it inspired a guy who never defended himself from years of abuse to finally knock out the bully on his arse and protect the woman. This is a great example that you can show your kids and teach your boys. This is what real men do. They protect. Signed, Iceberg Slim. I don't know what Iceberg Slim is. He wrote a book about being a pimp. You should expand your horizons, Kevin Israel. Mm -hmm. It's a documentary on HBO. Did you get that, David? Does that, did that go over your head, too? Or, or? Totally over my head. Yeah. I lost that one. Sorry. I hate being the uh, intellect on this podcast. I'm sorry. I can't even say that's like <laughs> an asshole. for the book about being a pimp. I read. I didn't read that book. I just know about it. I love this movie. I haven't watched it in decades. However, now I have young children, and I was totally shocked on how many inappropriate words were used. They are, had to have at least three dozen times we cringed or tried to shout out over so our five- and six-year-olds didn't hear words. Words were commonly the S-word, hell, and the unfavorable usage of a word for a child born out of wedlock. Just be aware if you have kids watching. Otherwise, a complete classic. <laughs> can you imagine Boy, these, banner review can you imagine these kids being dragged to a horror movie and opening night <laughs> the wave of emotions they go through all right kevin israel i can't wait to watch your visceral reaction visceral reaction i put this film in the same canon as 2001 a space odyssey Sons of bitches. yeah blade runner Ugh. And the original, the original Star Wars, eh. and Bra- and Brazil, that film fucking sucks. I'm not making rules. Don't you'll turn it off. It's Terry Gilliam. Everyone, Twelve Monkeys, same guy who did that. Terrible. Brazil's hard to terrible. Watch. It's very hard to watch. Hard to watch. All these films depict a futuristic world and tells a story that completely holds up years after they were produced. No, they don't. There is nothing campy in quotes or cringeworthy in quotes about this film even though it was produced in an era where it was almost all its contemporaries were both teen wolf love it and real genius <laughs> hate it i'm so you glad like teen it's a guilty oh, pleasure wolf? it's a who Absolutely. doesn't like, who doesn't listen do you really listen oh my god we're gonna we're gonna go one-on-one on that movie then listen i understand it's got warts but it's <laughs> listen warts I've Does learned warts, hair, and uh, just <laughs> I've learned. Listen, never play cards with a woman who has the same name as a city. Never, or sorry, with a man who has the same. Never play cards with a woman who has a tattoo of a dagger, and, and uh, get more than nine hours. And never get less than nine hours of sleep, and everything else is cream cheese. 
I got that right pretty much, did I? I think I did. Yeah. Uh, you're close. Thank you. I'm glad that Zemeckis and Gale have never vowed to a re- allow a reboot in their lifetimes. This film stands tall on its own. Well, this person has shitty movie taste as far as I'm concerned, stands for fucking Star Wars, because 2001 is terrible. And Brazil, I did not care for one bit. Mm-mm. It's like Time Bandits. It, that's also bad. Oof. Next one. Having not watched this for ages, now uh, being a married guy with kids, the early scenes of Marty's parents are more, more deliciously awful Excuse me, than I remembered. The mildly racist colored man as mayor scenes more, seems more honest and refreshing than more cleansed and sterile modern films. I must be getting old because I kept thinking, why do they make movies like, like this anymore? Eh, why say more? Everyone knows this film is awesome. Watch. Enjoy. It's like calling Porky's a classic. That film stinks. <laughs> I hate I don't again I understand it opened the door for American Pie and all the other films out there but listen of course Beta, Betamax was first too but you know what it sucked VCVHS <laughs> made things better <laughs> oh I forgot this and read the one star reviews they're funny too like yes they say damn a lot my daughter is bound to grow up into a coke fiend now <laughs> wow that's a bridge kind of too far yeah who wrote that? Tommy Lee? Uh, actually, sorry, Heather Locklear's dad, I think. <laughs> Obviously, this is one of the best movies ever. I bought it to watch with my 13-year-old. It is, a, it is a safe family movie. The quality was good. We hooked up the laptop to the TV with an HDMI cord, as my old TV is not a smart TV. And we got a nice picture quality with decent sound. If you have never seen this movie, there is no point explaining it to you. I'm sure plenty of reviewers that are paid to do so. What's he, an engineer? He's going to tell you how he watched it? Who the fuck Listen, is? David, you have no idea how much joy it brings me when people start bragging about their sound system setup in the <laughs> Amazon Fiverr one-star reviews. It, makes, <laughs> it is a whose dick is bigger comment section where no one gives a fuck. Right. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. It's time for Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Full of blasphemy, incest hijinks, and the main character can't handle hard rejection. The dude, Martin McFly, is a wuss. Hey, he did handle rejection and overcame it, you morons. You know, this is why it didn't go hard in the paint on all of the woke stuff in the movie, right? I mean, there's racism, we know. There's, you know, that's how they talk in the 50s. Yeah. You know, apparently, I I didn't go hard on that stuff because every movie in the 80s had elements of that that were either sci fi or comedy. Sure. Everyone. Right. So I cannot blame them for that. Kevin Israel, this one's for you. It's my fault. I didn't read the fine print. All the other movies we've had to rent for 48 hours to three days, and I came back at about 25 hours to finish with watching with my boys. Just a disappointment is all. So make sure to look carefully. <laughs> Safety tip. Mm-hmm. It's, it, would, it would probably be okay if you have a low IQ. Signed, Corky from Life Goes On. <laughs> I Good. watched. Yeah, listen. Back, no one. Listen. No one's made a Corky reference in a while, and I'm glad right. to do it. A couple decades. 
I watched this movie based on media obsession that it's been 25 years since the release. After watching, I was disappointed by the shallow depiction of the human condition. And here, kids, is another pseudo-intellectual who finds pizza, puppies, and ice cream repugnant. Next one. Crazy American humor. Signed, Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> wow. Last, that's, last one. That's ungood. Not sure why everyone loves this unrealistic film. Why a kid hangs out with a doctor. So many other plot points, especially when they go back in time. Where does he get his money from? They answer that. He inherited it, you dickheads. And why not tell his mom what is happening? Too confusing to me. Didn't like, would not recommend. How many kids do you boys know that ask to turn off a movie because too much cursing is going on? Exactly. That doesn't happen. happen. Right. I'll give you that one. Kevin Israel, this is customary for me to ask it at the end of every podcast, but I'm damn sure I know where the answer is going to be. Did David, the producer, gut the sacred cow? Son of a bitches. <laughs> no, but I still love him. And that's what I matters. Too. I do, too. <laughs> I, I love him for starting us the down veracity. such a strong path. I love him for all of his appearances, for <laughs> his effort, for his support. Um, yep. And I still I love, love him because him he being... has a nice red balloon to hold. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I st- and I still love him, even though he is absolutely wrong on this one. <laughs> but, it, but you know what? I respect the effort. A hundred percent. You've got balls that Don Jameson has only managed to equal in our podcast journey so far as he is attempted. He is one of his first two films are going to send shivers up your fucking butthole. Are you ready? He went after his first, his first attempt. Die hard. Uh, The hard one to do. Love that movie. His second film, the matrix. Fuck that movie. Yeah, I agree with him. Yeah. Motherfucker. And his third film, Leaving Las Vegas, which was, you know, eh, I I actually had the opportunity to meet uh, Keanu Reeves and he signed my Matrix DVD. Oh, look at you, humble bragger. No, 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 humble brag was that my son, who was 13 at the time, got to play video games with him while I was opening for his band, Becky, in Chicago. Was it Dogstar, his, bo- his, his band's name? I thought it was Dogstar or something like that. It was. Uh, and then it was Becky. So okay. it was one or the other. So Becky was the last band he was in. And my son hung out with him and just did video games. And I sat there and had to play like a monkey on stage. Didn't get That's a chance to badass. meet him. Yeah. I didn't, get, I didn't get to meet him. My son did. Bastard. Way to slow roll that story, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, by the way. Speaking of uh, Back to the Future, Leah was actually on Juliet's show. What? Yeah. Leah Thompson. We I had mean, her on the show. I mean, I'm sure she's been busy in the last 10 years, right? No. <laughs> Hello, sarcasm party. Of Not two. so much. Uh, yeah. she's, she's a dear. Wow. But she's a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I, I, I can imagine. Well, Very listen, nice. David, the producer, it is an Honest to God, all I love you guys, but fuck you both. <laughs> I love you both. I and love you. We both. love you. You always have an open Jeez. invite. You know that we bit. appreciate the shit out of you for having the temerity to try and do this because this was a Sisyphean task. And just like Sisyphus, you are toting that boulder from back down the bottom of the mountain. I but, get it. 
Before you depart, why don't you tell the fine folks what you're up to, where we can find you, all that good stuff. Oh, just, uh, you know, look for Juliet's podcast. I'm the producer of her podcast. You can go to theunwriterablerant.com, find her podcast. That's where everything's at. Uh, she does uh, celebrity interviews. She has storytelling, blah, 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 blah. I'm just here just to have fun with you guys. That's it. Oh, that just tickles the cockles of my heart. Ah, cockles. Yeah. Part two. Kevin is and I w- and, and fuck you guys. You do need a time machine, by the way, for <laughs> earlier today. I mean, to get rid of this bald, to get rid of these bald spots. Sure. I'm all about that. <laughs> fuck. Kevin at 45, no. Kevin at 45. Listen, Kevin at 35 was fantastic. Kevin at 45, still pretty good, but eh, you know, the wear and tear is starting to show just a little bit. Yeah, uh, you're holding on good. Thank you. And pal. by the way, I did not get a chance uh, to tell Kevin I to, uh, you know, well, congratulations on the child. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, nice job. You uh, conceived. Hey. I hey, dickhead! With it, but thank you. I had, I, a, went, I, had a kid, I had a kid too, but six years ago. <laughs> six and a half. Yeah, yeah. We'd but like congratulations. Sure it's yours. It's yeah, not I all didn't about see a DNA test. I didn't Bel- see the test yet. Believe me, if I get in the room, she go, "That is your kid," because she'll just <laughs> she'll yell, "Yeah, buddy," and free money. I'm not even joking. That's what right. she does. And she'll go hug Gino Bisconti. (laughs) Gino loves her. She's in the first grade. I go, I know. Uh, Kevin Israel, besides your adoring son, what else are you up to? Uh, You can check out KevinIsrael.com for all my tour dates and blah, 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 comedy. Uh, But please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a quick sentence review on our podcast platform of choice. KG constantly calls out the best five-star reviews. And you, if you want to get recognized, and it makes us happy. It's it's just such a great way to tell us how you appreciate us and how we and we'll do the do the same in kind. We're out here working our asses off for you. So do your part. We'll keep doing our part. And God bless America. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like someone's voting for Trump 2024. Kevin for shenanigans, debauchery, gutting the sacred cow dot com, gutting the sacred cow on Patreon, Patreon dot com slash GTSC five dollars gets you kevin israel and my thoughts every week on that doesn't happen quotes films that we've seen it's a little it's so little to ask for what the hell just to help keep the lights on we hope you enjoy the part you know it's it's i'm telling you it's slowly making its way into the lexicon and boy if viagra which i don't need doesn't get me too messing. This does is when people say that doesn't happen because it's fucking genius. I'll pat myself in the back, but yeah, gutting the sacred cow. And if you're watching on YouTube or if you're even listening, go to YouTube, subscribe to us. I don't give a shit. If you turn off the notifications, we just need a thousand subscribers so we can get paid. Thank you very much, guys. David, the producer, our love for you never wavers despite your no shitty taste despite your shitty taste on films at times. Actually, <laughs> this, is the first, this is the first time we disagree. So I shouldn't say that. Uh, your Much lovely wife, you guys. your lovely wife. I yeah. can't wait to have her back on as well. She, of course, also has an open invite. We love you both. And everyone else, take care. See you later. <laughs>